his personal economy is just flowing with value. Yeah. There's so much yeah. going through. And so to me, it's like, how do I build my personal economy? Not how do I stay small, keep my expenses low? How do I stay within my means? Mm -hmm. I'm like, how do I build something that continues to grow, continues to have more people involved, flows more value around the marketplace, yeah. all of that. Yeah. Um, and outsourcing is literally goes hand in hand. You can't not, you can't build a big personal economy without learning the skill of outsourcing. For sure. Welcome to the Face Your Freedom Show, where we talk all about creating a life of freedom, walking your own path, and pursuing your purpose. My name is Alan Howard. And I'm James Weston. We are two entrepreneurs best known for taking a leap off the beaten path and pursuing a life of freedom and self-discovery. Let's get into it. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Face Your Freedom Show. In today's episode, I'm super excited because we're going to be talking about doing everything by yourself. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to be talking about outsourcing, <laughs> uh, basically taking things off your plate, becoming more productive by utilizing systems, automation, hiring other people, and basically just really evolving your life so that you can produce more and do more yeah. Uh, yeah. by leveraging what's around you. Yeah. So, and if you're not, if not, if you're not using outsourcing right now, you're not living in the 21st century because there is so many tools and people to be able to help you get things in your life done yeah. more efficiently, more productively, and from really a cost-effective standpoint that makes sense. So in today's episode, we want to outline that. It doesn't matter if you own your own business, if you're a mom with kids, if you work in a corporate job, whatever it may be, you should be utilizing outsourcing. That's really what we're going to talk about. Today. Yeah. If you're not outsourcing, you're either leaving money on the table, you're not producing at the level you can be producing. We're yeah. a little bit biased. We're kind of like outsourcing fiends. I mean, we yeah. love to outsource as much as we possibly can. Um, but that's also created a lifestyle that really allows us to focus on the things that are important and then sure. to produce at a, a pretty high level. And it creates freedom. And that's what the show is about is facing your freedom. So we, we really want to talk about how to outsource to create more freedom for you, more of your own time. Uh, how do you outsource? When did you start outsourcing? Let's talk a little bit about ah, that. Okay. Okay. So my outsourcing journey actually began in college. Okay. So I got to this point in my college career where I was like, basically I'd started a business. I was starting to have a little bit of success in real estate yeah. and I dropped out of college to be honest with you. Okay. And so what happened is I spent a semester just working straight on business yeah. and I didn't tell my parents that I dropped out of college. Whoa. And so they would call and, um, you know, my mom would be like, how's class? And I was taking real estate classes at the time. So I'd be like, class is good. Yeah. You know, everything's Learned fine. Learning a lot. Learning a ton. <laughs> You know, and then finally at the, towards the end of the semester, mom was like, Hey, she just calls me one day and was like, Hey, are you in class at the university of central Florida? And I was oh, like, man. I would never lie to my mom. So I was yeah. like, uh, no, but I'm in other classes, anything. Anyway, one thing led to another, we had a big fight about it yeah. and I ended up dropping back into college okay. after that. But I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to finish college. I'm going to do it in the most efficient way possible. For sure. And that's when I started outsourcing. And so I ended up going back to college. I chose a major. I switched my major to a major that I could do online. Nice. And that what, allowed. What major was that? It was called interdisciplinary studies, cool. which is essentially like taking three different majors and putting a hat on it and yeah. then calling it a major. Okay. Um, but what it allowed me to do was actually work completely online, which allowed me to move to Miami and go different places. And so that was really the beginning of my outsourcing journey was having the ability to work online and then outsource some of my homework, some of my papers. Yeah. What did you outsource? Research. What type of, what type of homework? 
really the biggest thing I outsourced was like writing assignments. Okay. So when I had long writing assignments, I would outsource the research. I would outsource the editing. I would outsource some of the writing, you know, that kind of stuff. Hopefully Um, all the writing. Yeah, a good amount of the writing. You, know? uh, <laughs> you signed your name at the top. That's not writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was my beginning of outsourcing. That's and awesome. it all happened mainly on Upwork. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's amazing that that exists today. We didn't have that when I was in high school. We just started to probably, I think, have that when I was at the end of university. But I didn't I didn't know about it. Mm. But it's such, a, it's such an amazing tool to be able to do that. Like, why... Why not use that? I remember, I remember I had to, um, I actually graduated from college and then they came back to me and they were like, actually you didn't graduate. There's two classes that you still need to take. And so, yeah, which is super (laughs) frustrating, but, uh, I had to take a Spanish class online. So I tried to get my sister to do it. It was like Spanish three was testing out of Spanish. And so I tried to outsource it to her Uh and it was going great. We're like two weeks into it. And then on the third week of the class, they started making you have to submit voice notes of the work. And so I'm like, oh, man. Can't outsource like, that. Yeah, elite, <laughs> like my sister is not going to sound like me. Mm-hmm. So I went and I downloaded an app on my phone. It was a voice manipulator. No. And I gave it to her. And so she used a voice manipulator from her phone to do it. And eventually, like, we got to the very last week. And uh, the instructor's like, something feels fishy about this. I'm not going to report anything, Ooh. but I'm not going to let you pass the class. <laughs> oh, so no. out, outsource fail. Yeah, outsource <laughs> fail. I tried really hard to outsource that at that time um, with my sister, who's a great sport for doing that for me. Mm-hmm. She was a Spanish major. so. Um, but I think today it's a lot easier, right? With there's websites like Upwork, yeah. Freelance, uh, which I think used to be Odesk, People Per Hour. There's so many websites yeah. to be able to find talented people. But what we do now today is really outsource just about everything that is not core to what we do creatively for work. Mm-hmm. And so we outsource our cooking. We have an awesome cook that comes here six days a week. We outsource our cleaning, uh, our laundry, our uh, video editing work, our video work. What else, what else do we outsource? Man, um, I mean, we have assistants that just yep. on a daily basis, we're just taking stuff off our plate, putting it on sure. their plate, and that For just, sure. like, allows us to get so much more done. Yep. Um, and a lot of people feel uncomfortable when you start to bring up outsourcing. I remember when I first moved to Columbia, I felt a little bit uncomfortable about having a cook come mm-hmm. and cook for us because I'm like, whoa, this is weird. Is this is this appropriate? And I remember I was talking to one of my Paisa friends. Paisas are the people that are from Medellin. And she was like, no. It's actually not cool to hire a cook. It's not cool. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, if you have the means to hire someone, like if you can pay for it and you're not doing that, yeah, just as of out of like, I can do it myself, it's like that's looked down upon because huh. you're providing another job for someone. Right. And and I never looked at it that way in the States. We look at it like, oh, you have someone helping you in your house, like is that a slave? Like, what is that? That's uncool. You know, it's like, there's just this, a little bit of this like stigma around it. And ever since moving here and actually having someone come and cook for us. And I've been doing now for two years, having a cook consistently. It's like, it's amazing. We build great relationships. You know, Antonez is like our second mom. She's incredible. Like, um, it's, it's really awesome. And it's, it saves two hours a day because I don't go eat fast food. I don't go eat out at places at, a lot. At least like, two hours a day. Bro. Yeah, at least two hours a day. Great food. Like we're over here working on our computer sometimes and like she just shows up with like 
a salmon and like rice vegetables. and vegetables yeah. and it's like wow this is i'm so grateful on a daily basis for that yeah i remember when i like i lived in miami and i didn't have this setup and it was like i lived downtown or i lived in brickle so it was like yep. everything was walking distance and all that but still it was like every day around lunchtime it's like okay i'm gonna spend like an hour an hour and a half choosing where to eat going to the restaurant or ordering it on my phone, having yep. it come to me. And it's just like, it's just time wasted. Yep. Whereas like ever since we've had the chef here, it's like, whoa, I don't waste any time on eating. I'm yep. eating healthier than I ever have. Yep. Right. We get all of our food basically, or all the ingredients for the food delivered from like organic farms around here. Yep. So it's like probably the best I've ever eaten, yep. the most efficient thing I've ever done. And it allows me to focus on what's really, really important, which is the creative stuff that's building the businesses and the life that we're building. Yeah. Yeah, so. for sure. Doing doing the things you want to do when you want to do them and yeah. not doing things you don't want to do. And I think sometimes people think, oh, that's not realistic to live your life that way. But it really is. Yeah. If you go through your day and you list out what are all the things I do on a daily basis, do it for a week, mm-hmm. and then say, what am I, what should I actually be spending my time on? What am I most skilled at? Like, should I be spending my time on making calls for my business or should I be spending my time on hiring a new team member? To it's make just, calls. Yeah, to make calls. And it's like, it's just being a little bit more intelligent with that. But I think as we bring up this outsourcing thing, there's a lot of people, I've just shared it with some of my family members and they're like, oh, well, that's not possible in the States. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting to to maybe like play a little bit of a devil's advocate with, with outsourcing. You want to debate? Let's debate. Let's debate. Let's right. debate. I want to be. I want to be pro outsourcing. You want to be pro outsourcing because I am so pro outsourcing okay. that I don't think I could be on the other side. Okay, cool. To be honest, cool. I'll be. On, I'll be on the other side. So should we talk about personal or business or a mix of both? I, or? Think, I think maybe lean more towards personal, and then okay. we can also hop into business and see how it just naturally plays out. Okay. But. So let's say that you're someone who currently is making hundred grand a year. Okay. Take home after taxes, hundred grand cash per year. Okay. Right. So I did the math before the show. That essentially means that 40 hours a week, four weeks a month, 12 months, that calculates all the way out to about $52 per hour net. Yeah. Right. Yep. So each one of your working hours is worth $52 in your pocket cash. For sure. Right. For sure. So my argument would be anything that you're doing during work hours that you can outsource for much less than $52 an hour, you should be outsourcing yep. those tasks. Like what type of things? Answering calls, yep. talking to, uh, setting your schedule, yep. um, working on just specific projects. That, booking flights. Booking flights. Grocery run, shopping. Running errands. Yeah. Laundry, cooking, yeah. cleaning, the things that we were talking about. Yep. If you can outsource all those things for less than $52 an hour, why aren't you? For sure. For sure. If it takes you an hour and a half to go to the store and get those things. Yeah. But I think sometimes what people think, and it's what I thought for a long time when I was in a corporate job, because I, I read about outsourcing, I was interested in it, mm-hmm. but I'm like, but I only make X amount of dollars. And if I'm hiring someone else, that takes away part of those X amount of dollars I make. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at the time, maybe I was making $45,000 a year as an example, early in my career. Okay. Um, if I'm outsourcing to someone, I get a personal assistant, now they're taking $600 a month. Maybe they're from the Philippines or South America somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm just making $600 less dollars a month. Yeah. If you look at it that way. Yeah. See, the way, the way I look at it is like every time that 
my time is worth $50 an hour and I outsource it for $10 an hour, $5 an hour, whatever it is, I'm making $40. So you're looking at it like you're losing the money. I'm looking at it like I'm making. And for me, it's like, I know that every other hour that I spend focusing on the things that produce money in my life that are my skill sets, that's going to allow me to grow, you know, exponentially, essentially. Um, And I can continue to produce $50 hours, as many hours as I can. So at the end of the day, it's like, you're saving money, in my opinion. You're actually making more money by focusing your time on stuff that, you know, you're skilled in. Okay. I I get that. Uh, I would also say, you know, what if someone's like, okay, how, how can I outsource house items? I live in the States. It's super expensive. Uh, I would love to not cook for myself. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, I don't even, how much does a, someone in the States cost? Hundreds of dollars. Yeah. So meal plans, mm. right? Like, I don't know. I think there's uh, like, when I lived in the States, I had meal plans and it was like more consistent in terms of the food quality, in terms of like being able to consistently eat, being able to gain weight or lose weight, whatever you're trying to do. So maybe it's not a chef, but maybe it's outsourcing the person cooking it. And then every day it gets delivered to your house or mm-hmm. frozen meals or whatever you want to do. Yeah. So it's not necessarily just a chef. And, and I think to your point there, I know I'm supposed to be playing devil's advocate, <laughs> but, but also saving the time there because yeah. you're not cooking. It's like, yeah, the meal you know, getting that meal there, the, the preparation time, you, you don't have to do the shopping. The preparation time is just like right there. Even if it's yeah. It's, it's like the example of like going grocery shopping. Like you're saying, like, let's yep. say you, you spend two hours a week going grocery shopping. Yep. Well, if your time is 50 bucks an hour times two hours, that means that whatever you spend on groceries, add a hundred bucks to it. Cause that's sure. your time on top of that. For sure. And if you could do like one of the delivery services or whatever for 20 or 30 bucks, you just saved yourself 70 bucks yep. and you gotta start looking at life that way. It's kind of like a mindset. Outsourcing is really like a pair of glasses that you start looking through and you're like, what can I take off my plate so that I'm focusing on the more important stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I love about Columbia and like people always say like, why do you live in Columbia? And I'm like top 10 reasons. One of them is definitely, uh, this app called Rappi. Yeah. And, um, for those of you guys who don't know what Rappi is, I love it. Ugh, it's so good. But, um, it's essentially like, What's the one in the U.S. called? The uh, uh, like Postmates. Postmates, yeah. But it's like Postmates for anything, and it's way more efficient and way faster. Yep. So it's like you can hire someone on your phone. You jump on the app, go to whatever store around here, whatever restaurant you want around here, yeah. and then someone on a bike, a on a motorcycle, is going to go to the place, pick up your food, whatever it is, or pick up your groceries at the store, yeah. or you know, you can send them to do errands for you. Literally. Like sometimes we take like camera equipment from like my house to my editor's house. And it's like, you know, we need to move a memory card from my house to his. I'm not going to spend an hour, you know, driving to his place to drop off a memory card. So you go on this app and literally someone shows up at your door 10 minutes later, grabs a memory card, brings it to his place. Right. And then you're done. And I'm like the amount of time that's saved just purely from this setup, this app is insane. For For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's been some funny stories I've heard. I, I have a buddy who he calls himself the Rappy King, uh-huh. and he'll be at like it's so ridiculous. He'll be at a restaurant and like they don't have the type of drink he wants, and he'll be like, "Oh no, no, oh you ran out of it? Okay, cool." And then he just Rappy. He Rappies it to the yeah, from to, another restaurant to, to the restaurant. Yeah, from another restaurant. That's or like, awesome. One of the things you can do is just Rappy favor, like whatever you want. You tell them you want to go they'll go get it. Like I want a gray sweater and yeah. they'll find you a gray sweater. So it's a, an app like that is definitely a cool tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the biggest things I'm learning with outsourcing is that outsourcing allows you to, to really save energy too. And mm-hmm. I think that's probably the, the biggest benefit that I see with outsourcing is it's even less about the time and money saving and more about like your mental energy. 
to go and do an errand and go to the store and look for something and go try and find it. It's just taking a lot of your time and mental space where it's like, yeah, that might cost you $30 in the States to have someone go and do that. But still, to get up, leave work, drive across town, go find it, come back, like all that mental energy is is completely wasted. It's probably an hour and a half of time. Yeah. And if you're making even sixty, if you're making even fifty thousand dollars a year, that's fifty dollars. Yeah. Right. Twenty five dollars an hour if you're making fifty thousand dollars a year. So so I think people do need to understand that mindset and that it's possible. And I was even thinking because uh, <clears throat> you know some of my sisters are so busy. They have a lot of kids right now. They're young. I'm like, you could hire someone to cook for you from Craigslist in the States. I'm sure you could probably find someone yeah. to cook from you that would be more cost effective than doing the cooking. Maybe it's only cooking twice a week, but you're still saving that mental energy and that time. You're getting a break. You're getting time with the kids. You can organize the house. Yeah. You can maybe do the bills, whatever it might be. You can find ways to save that time. Yeah, you totally can. Yeah. You definitely can. What's uh, what's something that you've outsourced that you probably shouldn't have outsourced? Oh man, I had a when I first moved here, I had an assistant, and I had him uh, I had him doing Tinder for me at the time. I was on Tinder it was a couple years ago, and uh, yeah, it just didn't work well. It no. didn't work well at all. Like, didn't have a good system. No, it wasn't a good system. It wasn't it wasn't a good thing to outsource. Yeah, one of the things I outsourced recently is. I, I find that going clothes shopping for me is not something I enjoy. Mm. Like just the whole process and like, I'm, I'm like, is this right? Is that? And I'm just like, dang it. So I just got our assistant. We share an assistant and I'm like, Daniela, let's go. Let's go to the store. And she's like great when it comes to fashion and style. Yeah. And she was just like, we went in there and we got it done in like 45 minutes to an hour where I'm like, this would have probably, I would have avoided it for another six months. And then it probably would have taken me like three hours to do. And it's like, even things like that, it's cool if you figure out like, what am I good at and what am I not good at? Yeah. And let my ego get out of the way and really accept that, hey, I'm not good at certain things and there's people better than them. Let me find those people to help me. I'm helping them, they're getting paid to do it. They're mm-hmm. helping me, it's a win-win and I can focus more time on my areas of strength. Yeah, that's, a, that's one thing that I hear a lot of people say is like, I don't wanna outsource this because I need to do it. Mm. I, like I'm good at this. This yep. is my thing. Like, I, like if I outsource it, it's not going to get done correctly. Yeah. And what I found is like, number one, that's usually my ego talking for sure. And I can usually find someone like whatever the project is, who's better than me, mm-hmm. whether it's mm-hmm. like with writing or with video or with editing or whatever it is. Like there's someone who's been doing it full time, their main focus way longer than I have. Yeah. And the outsource actually comes out with a better you know, end product most of the time. Yeah, if you catch yourself thinking you're the best at everything, you might want to check that. (laughs) Exactly. You might want to dive in a little bit deeper. One thing that actually helped me is going to Tony Robbins. He talks about how he has nine coaches. Yeah. And I'm like, that's actually a measure of success to be able to pay. And Kobe Bryant has the same thing. He's got nine or 10 coaches. It's like to have that, you're just identifying. I'm, I'm a specialist in one area. Yep. I'm not a specialist in all these other areas, but I want to be good in them. So don't don't have me go take six months to learn it and try and become a personal trainer. Let yeah. me just find one who's good and and get the best out of that. And I can spend more time on my area of expertise, my area of strength, and continue to grow. So Totally, bro. That's what I see a lot of people doing is like they start a business, let's say. Yep. And they need a website for the business. And like they've never built a website before, but they're like, you know – I could save probably two or 300 bucks or a thousand bucks or whatever it is for website. If I learn how to build a website on my own Mm -hmm. and it's like, 
yeah, you know, logging on to WordPress is not that hard and sure. installing a couple of plugins is not that hard. But to come up with like a full fledged finished product like website, there's a learning curve. Like there's yeah. there's like a lot of time that you're gonna have to learn how to use the back end of WordPress and how to do a little bit basic coding and all that kind of stuff. And it's like most people by the time they get done with the whole learning curve and then building the project, they could have outsourced the project and done it three or four times already. For sure. That's what I found. Yeah, and how many times if they're not a web designer, are they gonna be building websites in their life? So how valuable is it is to learning, spend is learning that skill three set. months learning that skill set that you're gonna use one time. One time. Maybe yeah. maybe three. Yeah. And it just yeah, that doesn't make sense. I think one of the things that I'm really enjoying about the having a personal assistant mm -hmm. is it's so valuable. There's so many things in all of our lives that we don't have time to do. And and like they stack up and they create this mental like stress. Like I know I need to get bills. I know I need to get back to this person. And one yeah. of the things I'm realizing with the personal assistant is like, one, we have a kick-ass personal assistant, but there's things like, hey, I'm going to Tulum. Can you help me plan this trip? Can you find the Airbnbs? Can you book the flight? Can you do this? Yeah. It's like that mental space saved, even to the point where like she gives me a reminder of what time I need to hop in the taxi to head to the airport, which is like great because I've definitely missed flights before. Yeah. I'm just in my work, and work zone and then it's like, oh man, I, I have 40 minutes to make it to the airport. Dang, you know? So, so yeah. like that convenience for me is taking a big mental load off of, off of me on a daily basis. Totally. And one of the things I do want to talk about, and you brought it up before, is like we're in a global economy yeah. now. And anyone in just about any country can find someone in a different country who's willing to help you out with the tasks you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And that you can afford. Yes. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think they can't. Yeah. I mean, dude, I've had, a, I've had a virtual assistant from Pakistan for five years now. Wow. I mean, he's, he's my like my brother basically like yeah. I've known him for so long and like it's just a huge win-win situation and like he has two kids he works from home on his computer basically he works for like two or three of my other friends that own businesses and yep. like the guy's got an incredible lifestyle getting sure. to make money from his computer in Pakistan from home be with his kids all that kind of stuff and then on our side it's like it's affordable it gets a lot of stuff done it takes yep. a lot of things off of our plate yep. so it's a win-win situation and um you know people look at it and they're like three dollars five dollars an hour all that kind of stuff like how is that fair well if you really look at the living standards in some of these other countries and the cost to live in other countries yep. i remember i was um i was in a hotel once actually here in medellin and i met this guy who spent quite a bit of time in the philippines mm -hmm. and he was telling me how like he lived in a bunch of the different philippines islands and he was dating this girl there and he said that every day she, she was like a mom with like one or two kids yep. every day she would go and take her like little gallon jug and walk like two miles across the town to fill up the jug with water and then walk back. And he was like, why do you do that three times a day? Why don't you just get like a big jug and do it once a week or twice yeah. a week? And she said, because a big jug would cost like $12. And like wow. for me to save up $12 and buy a jug would take me like probably two or three years. Wow. And so he went and bought her like three jugs, yeah, you know, like these big old jugs. And like there, some of them were like on wheels. So she yeah. could just like wheel it across town. She doesn't have to carry it and all that. And it's like with what, $36 yeah. that changed her life literally. Completely. And so being able to like live in a global economy, embrace the global economy and then be like, where am I going to find a place where I can like pay someone really well, where it's going to improve their lifestyle and it's going to put them in a good spot yeah. while still it being a win-win situation for me too. Yeah. That's the type of opportunities that I look for. For sure. And, and I think that's a really important point that you bring up is, is how can you, 
like some people feel bad about that, that there are people who w will work for so much less, but it's like, why would you feel bad if you're giving them a better lifestyle, yeah. if you're providing them a job that they wouldn't be able to have, if you're giving them opportunity, if anything, you're doing great things for them. And you can be more generous, like the story of your friend, right? He was more generous. He didn't have to do that, but he decided to yeah. because he built that relationship and that changes that entire family. And the other thing is like, let's say you're starting out with your company and like you can't spend that much on virtual assistant or whatever, like three to five dollars is really your max. Yep. Well, once the company starts having success and that person that you hired, you know, was loyal and did a lot of things for you, you're gonna wanna pay them more. You're gonna for wanna sure. overpay them and for sure. it allows the the economics of the business to work where like maybe you raise them from four dollars an hour to six dollars an hour. Yep. That's a huge lifestyle increase for them. Whereas it's not a huge difference in your business. And that's what's really cool about the world today is that yeah. you're able to do that. Yeah. How much work does it take to get a personal assistant or someone like this online? For, for, for someone who has no idea how to do this, like what is the time investment and work that it would take to get this set up? I'd say post an ad on Upwork, be detailed about it, right? Yep. So I'd say maybe 10, 15 minutes for that. Mm -hmm. Go through an interview process, essentially. So look at you know all the different people that apply, design an interview process, and then choose the right person. I mean, you could have a personal, you know, virtual assistant within a day. Wow. Two days. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, two days with probably the time difference there. Yeah. And the thing is like they're super flexible too. Like you can get these people that just want to work part time and yep. you just need a couple hours a week and for you're sure. just giving them, you know, a couple of tasks per week works for them. Yeah. It's so flexible. It's really cool. And I think people even underestimate how valuable a virtual assistant is for everyday things. Mm -hmm. Right? Like we text our assistant sometimes uh, when we're out of food stuff and it's like, hey, can you order more of this? Yeah, she can go on Rappi. She can order the food It can be at our house in an hour. We're not having to go to the store. We're not having to mess with the app Right. It's like things like that I, I think of my sisters at home with all their kids It's like have a virtual assistant who just handles food ordering you have them on whatsapp You just text them when you need new things. Yep. They order on Amazon one day delivery. It's at the house They're not worrying about it. Yeah, that's it. It's all those little things that add up to mm -hmm. like people think about outsourcing is like All right, I'm gonna outsource an entire project to someone. I'm like no if you just take away like the time it takes to order on on Amazon or the yeah. time that it takes to order this battery for this camera that I need this week and you just you know or to book the flight and that sure. all those little tiny things add up to a lot of freaking time yep and that's yep. really the the mindset shift is instead of going from like hmm what would I really outsource I don't really have that much stuff to outsource to being like every little thing is exponential growth on the other side. Every yeah. time I take away a, a $2 per hour task off of my plate and put it on someone else's plate, I've just gained $48. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every time I do that, wow. little, you know? Such a powerful transition to make that shift mentally to really think of it as gaining and not losing the money. Yeah. But I even think, going back to what I said before, it's, it's about saving your mental energy and effort because that's the biggest toll that I think we all have in today's society. We're working so hard, yeah. people have kids, they have their job, they have all this. It's like, if we can remove some of that mental fog, keep you streamlined on what's most important for you, have a system taking care of the small things, mm -hmm. that's gonna allow happiness to increase as well. The other thing that I found in my own like outsourcing journey is like, there are certain things that I procrastinate on. There's mm -hmm. certain things I don't enjoy doing, I'm not good at, are, don't come naturally to me and it's like if I don't outsource those things they don't get done a yeah. lot of times or they take way longer to get done so when I'm always looking like take things off my plate first thing I'm usually looking at is like what do I procrastinate on what do I not enjoy doing yep and who can fill that role for me for sure so let's make this a little more applicable 
right? Yep. Like someone who's listening who currently does everything, do it yourself. Yeah. Right? What are some of the things that you would outsource first that you outsource in your life um, for someone just starting out? Well, I think one of the things that's daunting about the outsourcing process is you don't quite know what's going to be there. Mm. I would say the first part is one, get an ad up, find a personal assistant, someone who speaks good English that you can collaborate with, you can send text message to. Yeah. And I would say like every Sunday night or every Monday morning, have a meeting with them and just tell them what you have due this week, what they can help out with. Hmm. Um, some of the things that I get help with from my personal assistant outside of the business is like booking dentist appointments, doctor's appointments, travel, um, any things I need that week, like from hair gel to like, new shoes, whatever it is, like something I need that week. It's like, yeah. hey, I need this. Let's add this to the list. Um, so I would, I would do it on a weekly basis. It seems less daunting. You don't have to have this huge project for them. Yeah. It's just like, these are the things this week. They track their hours. You pay them by the hour. All good. Um, so I would say those kind of small errands, grocery shopping, yep. food you need for the week, send them a food list, get it ordered online. We can do that now. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, booking of appointments oftentimes they'll have my contact list so i can say hey schedule schedule a lunch meeting this week for mm-hmm. me and this person and then they can handle all of the scheduling back and forth and i think that's that's a a really a really easy thing for for someone to do so probably just start looking at what do you have to do this week outside of like your core work tasks mm-hmm. and try and outsource that but then going into work if there's tasks that you do in your work that are not like core to you, pay, pay a VA to help you with those, those work things. Yeah. Do you have to do research for a project? You can pay someone to help you do research. Yeah. And compile all that research and give it to you. It saves you a ton of time. And I know we've both done that in the business and with like personal brand, personal life stuff. Yeah. Any, any other things from yourself? You do finances and stuff too as well, right? You, you found people in Upwork that help you with just like bookkeeping stuff too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, bookkeeping to me is like, it's a skill set that, you know, I don't care what country you're in. If you understand like QuickBooks and bookkeeping, like you can do it. Yep. Um, so like, you know, one of my bookkeepers is I think from Pakistan too, yep. actually, versus like the same bookkeeper would be like 10 times, you know, in the US. It's crazy. So, um, but yeah, I, I just try and look at like anything that I'm seeing myself doing repeatedly. Mm-hmm. That's pretty simple and try and get that off my plate. Awesome. That's what I'd say. Awesome. Yeah, and one of the things I've, I'm appreciating about having a personal assistant is I've gone to the next level and it's like even things that are difficult, like research, opinions, mm-hmm. insights, things like that, yeah. um, going and finding contacts for me to get in contact with from a business standpoint. So um, one thing my assistant's done is compiled a big database for me of like my ideal customer for my agency business and right. just like here's their LinkedIn here's what they're interested in, here's their personal email, and it's like, now I can start to build a relationship with those people. Mm. How much time would that take me to do? But I can have so much of that legwork already done, which is really awesome. Yeah, that's another thing about um, our personal assistant. Like one of the reasons why we chose her was because she's technically part of our target audience when it comes to like this brand right Mm -hmm. like she is in that same age range she has a similar interest and so it's like when she's working on projects related to face your freedom related to our personal brands she can give really good feedback yeah she can actually be essentially like a customer insight for us which is really cool to have that too on top of all the other stuff that she does to actually produce yeah yeah that's a really great point just Mm -hmm. having another person sometimes just having another intelligent mind to look at the things you're doing and give an opinion on is is really 
really nice and worth it. Yeah. So people who are currently in jobs, they have a nine to five, they work online, whatever it is, right? A lot of something that I see a lot of people don't realize is that they can actually outsource tasks within their jobs. Yep. And um, there's a term for it. It's it's called BPO or business process outsourcing. And um, I actually know a guy who has a company. It's like a multi multi million dollar company. But what he does is he basically goes into existing companies and he says, "Hey, we'll audit your company and see what are the simpler tasks that could be outsourced to someone in the Philippines or to someone you know in Pakistan." Yep. And they basically take like you know, these tasks that they're currently paying employees, you know, 25, 30, 50 dollars an hour to do, they take those off the employees plate and they put them into virtual assistance plate as wow. a business. Wow. And they end up slashing the business's expenses, you know, every single month. Sometimes uh, upping productivity for the employees as well. Yeah, taking Keep, their time yeah. and putting on you know what I'm saying? And so let's just say that you're an employee and you know you spend quite a bit of time, you know, doing data entry or you're doing something on spreadsheets or you're doing yeah. something like that. It's like get someone to do that for you, sure. you know what I'm saying? Outsource that, build a system for that. So you're still producing, you're still doing your job, but at the end of the day, you don't have to be doing it to produce. Yep, that's it. That's such a great point. And uh, just thinking about that kind of mindset, sometimes people are daunted at the task of hiring someone and training them or helping them. That's one of, if not the most important skill set that you can develop in yeah. your life. And the sooner you start practicing that, like you started practicing that in college with your homework yeah. and I've seen you in action and you're a master at that now. And it's because you put in those hours of doing that, mm -hmm. of understanding how to train, outsource and hire other people. And it's do that now. If you're not doing it, if, if learn you have that. a job, do it now and get people to start helping you and learn how to build that relationship, learn how to manage people, learn how to hire the right people. And that's going to help you for the rest of your life. And we are in a global economy. That's going to be a skill set that you're using no matter what your job is in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I love talking about. And like, I haven't really heard anybody else talk about this is the concept of your personal economy. Mm -hmm. And I define that essentially as the amount of value that flows through your life, right? Mm -hmm. And so you take someone who's like, I don't know, a high schooler, and they've got a part-time job outside of high school and they work at a restaurant, let's say, right? Yep. So what's the amount of value that's flowing in and out of their life? Well, they're going into the restaurant, they're providing their service, whether it's busboy, waiter, whatever they are, and they're getting paid for that value. Yep. And so you've got this much going around their personal economy. Well, when you learn the skill set of outsourcing and you learn the skill set of putting people into different places to build bigger projects, basically like entrepreneurship yep. and being a visionary, well, now you're creating a bigger personal economy. So you look at someone like, Warren Buffett. Well, that guy's got a massive personal economy yep. because he's got so many people working for him, so many different businesses that have people working for them that his personal economy is just flowing with value. Yep. There's so much yep. going through. And so to me, it's like, how do I build my personal economy? Not how do I stay small, keep my expenses low? How do I stay within my means? Mm -hmm. I'm like, how do I build something that continues to grow, continues to have more people involved, flows more value around the marketplace, yeah. all of that. Yeah. Um, and outsourcing is literally goes hand in hand. You can't not, you can't build a big personal economy without learning the skill of outsourcing. For sure. I, I, I agree completely. And I love the analogy. I think yeah. that's such a, such a powerful way of looking at it rather than how do I stay small and lean and, and hold my money yeah. rather. It's like, how do I expand, expand and, and, and really be, uh, really be abundantly minded when it comes to that. And I, I think one of the things that I've often struggled with as an entrepreneur is like, I have these great ideas and I have these things I know what to do, 
but I don't have enough of my own time to, or to resources to, to execute and get it out. And it's like the more I'm finding ways to outsource my knowledge and my time and like really focus on how do I guide the ship, you know, with 15 people under me, how do I guide that? And then as more ideas come, I add more people to help me get those ideas and execute. And I see my revenue grow, my income grow. Yeah. And also changing people's lives is amazing. Like being a business owner is one of the most rewarding things ever when you have employees who that you pay and they're paying either they're, they're providing for their entire family or they're providing for their parents, their younger siblings. And every yeah. one of those situations is happening in the business. And it's such a cool thing to see as a business owner. Like I took an idea that didn't even exist and I created something and now it's affecting all of these people around me, that personal economy that you're talking yeah, about. Exactly. Yeah, I did the uh, I did the math for the show. It's like between my personal brand, the videos that we make, yep. um, my real estate business, and my lifestyle, there are eleven people that are in my personal economy flowing value every week. Wow. Right? Like I'm paying eleven people to produce stuff that comes in and brings in money and all that kind of stuff. And it's like that's a much bigger personal economy than when I was 17 working in a pizzeria, sure. <laughs> busting tables and just making, you know, my 10 bucks an hour off yeah. the kind of thing, you know what I'm yeah. saying? That kind of thing. What, what a great mental shift I think for everyone to look at is how, how do you expand your personal economy? Yeah. And uh, how, do you, how do you be smarter with your time? And part of that is really understanding what you are good at. Exactly. Yeah. What is your, what is your skill set? What is your natural superpower? Where should you be spending your time? And then starting to cut away the fat in the other areas that aren't core to that thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what they teach entrepreneurs to do. That's what they teach business owners to do. But employees should also look at that. Housewives should also look at that. College students should also look at that. Like, yeah. how do you cut away the things that are not core to who you are and not, not your best fit and get other people to help you with them? It's like someone if someone put a gun to your head and said, hey, you need to build a multi-million dollar business within the next two years yep. well the first step would be figuring out what you're good at what you can actually produce mm -hmm. personally mm -hmm. and then building the business around that yep and then everything else that you're not specifically good at you're going to outsource because yep. otherwise there's going to be no way that you're going to be able to build that by yourself in that time frame yeah. unless you learn what you're good at and what needs to be outsourced for sure love that man that's that's powerful uh, anything else you want to cover kind of on, on this topic? On outsourcing? Um, you know what I wanted to say? Outsourcing is not just hiring people. That's the big thing. Because like yeah. some of the, like in my real estate business, most of my outsourcing is computerized, right? Mm. It's all automated systems. Yep. It's follow-up systems. It's email sequences. Totally. It's, you know, as soon as a lead comes in, it's an email that goes to someone then they know to call. And it's just these little things that like in our world today, there's so many ways to automate. And I would say like kind of we said at the beginning of the episode, like if you're not, if you don't have anything automated and you don't have anything outsourced, you're living in the 1900s. Yeah. Like you're not taking advantage of the resources that are around you. The machines around you, the tools around you, all of that. Yeah. yeah if you're point. not outsourcing or automated, you're being inefficient. Wow. Wow. Everyone, not just people who own businesses. Yeah, everyone, everyone. Yeah, exactly. And and I love that too. I, I think that shift to understand what you're good at and what you're not good at and get the people around you that are good at those other things. Mm -hmm. That's their specialty. Like I've been working out for years. I go to the gym. I'm My fitness level's all right. But I just hired a personal trainer because I'm like, I don't want to keep thinking about what I need to do yep. when I go to the gym. 
I'm wasting time thinking about what's my workout going to be, um, how should I eat when I come home, how much should I be eating, and it's like, no, I have some goals, I want to gain some weight, I want to gain some muscle, let me hire someone. Yeah. Let me stop pretending like I know what I'm doing because I really don't. And sure, I can figure it out, but I'm not going to spend my time doing that. It's not exactly. the best use of it. Yeah, because it's like you pay the personal trainer and the time you would have spent, you're going to go out there and you know make your money within your agency. Yeah, It's the, uh, it's the old expression like, why do doctors not mow their own lawn? Mm. And it's like if a doctor can go see patients and make 200 bucks an hour and then you can hire the kid next door to, you know, to yeah. do your lawn for 10 bucks an hour, for sure. well, then you see more patients. That's a win. You make 200 bucks an hour. That's a win. Homeboy next door makes 10 bucks yeah. an hour. That's a win. <laughs> that's a personal economy. And that's looking at your life like a community as opposed to looking at yourself like, how do I save as much money as possible and do everything by myself? Yeah, for sure. You know? tell, me, tell me any bad stories of uh, outsourcing or hiring people. Bad stories about outsourcing. You know, I've had some, uh, I've had a lot of uh, phone reps and customer service people and stuff like that. And one thing that I do is I have them all on like a tracking software yeah. on uh, on the computer. Okay. And so it like takes a screenshot of their screen every like, I don't know, two or three minutes, whatever it is. And it says that when they download it, but sometimes they don't know. And so... You know, like I can usually tell if someone's gonna last with us. Yeah. You know, usually within like the first couple of days, because I can see what they're doing in their computer. Yeah. And um, I remember I had a phone rep once who uh, he would come in in the morning, and his shift started at like nine or ten, and he would like start the clock a little early, watch porn for like thirty minutes no on the clock, and then start his shift. And I'm here seeing screenshots <laughs> of his computer and I'm like, damn, this kid's got to go. Yeah. Sorry, dude. <laughs> you watch that at home, not at the office. Come yeah, on. <laughs> exactly. Or not at your home office while I'm paying you. Yeah, you for know? sure. That's How about hilarious. you? You have any crazy, uh, I, uh, I had a guy that I hired for the agency at the beginning of kind of, I was actually when I was still a freelancer, I just hired someone to help me out. And, uh, it was really clear. Like he was super knowledgeable. He was sharp. He was from the Philippines really great resume all of this and uh he was like seven dollars an hour six dollars an hour and uh, so i'm like this is great he can help me out with some of these tasks and it quickly became clear that he was a salesman outsourcing the work to someone who had <laughs> no idea what they were doing i was getting back to work and it made no sense spelling mistakes like clearly didn't have any technical like Mm -hmm. digital marketing knowledge so that's a guy uh, that doesn't know how to outsource yeah yeah exactly i've had that happen a couple times uh mm -hmm. in the past when i was outsourcing when i was doing freelancing stuff so it's just like being aware like do the interview does this person seem too good to be true do they have 1000 hours on upwork it's probably a, a sign that it's not a real person it's a outsourced agency uh, that's a good point so yeah that's yeah be, be aware of that but uh that's that's it like for the most part a lot of my outsourcing has been really positive there's people who come to your life they don't really work out and they leave and then you find someone who works and it's having the ability to to be fine letting go of people and finding new people i think is an important skill set yeah and that that kind of that's also a skill set which took me a while to learn was how to interview correctly mm-hmm and I know when I first got started in business, it was like, I would just like Google, like good interview questions. Yeah. You know? And then I, before the interview, I'd like, I'd have like 10 questions and I just hit them with them. So it wasn't really like much of a technique to it. Mm. And I ended up making like some bad hires and having a lot of turnover. And I was like, I need to get a better process for this. I need something that's like a proven model. For sure. um, and so I read this book, I think it's called uh, Who or The Who or something like that. Yeah. Basically it's a bunch of researchers that I went, went around to all the top like Fortune 500 companies. and 
studied their hiring methods, mm. found the best companies at hiring, found the the similarities between them, the like the common patterns, yep. and then developed a step by step system for the uh, for the interview process. And so now, like for pretty much any job that I hire, I have a three interview process. Yep. The first one is like seventy percent of people get weeded out. The yep. second one. 90% of people get weeded out. So by the time I talk to them on the third interview, which is usually the one that I actually do that I yeah. don't outsource to someone that, you know, on my team, yep. I'm not wasting any time. I'm dealing with the best candidate and it's kind of like a funnel and I've wasted so much time and so much effort not having that in place yeah. that I would say anybody that is like starting to make that shift, either read that book, start studying, try to find a simple system because it's not complicated, yeah. but it's just having an actual system to weed people out and find the right person. I love that. Yeah. And you, you recommended that book to me, huge game, game changer. changer. Yeah. And that first interview is like the most powerful part of it. It's a, it's like a 10 to 15 minute interview. And I remember when I used to hire people, it would be like 35 minutes. They're telling me their whole story. I'm telling them all about the company, but yeah. it's like, Hey, let me ask you four or five questions that are just de determining de that determine right away. Are you a, a player or not? Mm -hmm. And if you're not cool, you seem awesome. I'm going to take wanna, off. You want to go over a couple of questions actually? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, one of the first ones, um, what, what, are you, what, what are your career goals? What are your career goals? And so, so I start every interview with like, what are your career goals? Yeah. And it's like, I put out a job posting. Right, I'm looking for someone to solve my problem, for sure. and I want to see if their career goals match my problem. Yep. And 70% of people are like, "Well, you know, I want to start my own business one day, and like this would be a good way to like stack yeah. some cash right now, yeah. and like I have a baby, so I'm, you know, I'd like to work from home." And I'm just like, that has nothing to do with solving my problem, for sure. right? And so that's another thing about people don't know how to interview a lot of times. Um, but that question alone weeds out so many people. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. The second question is, what are you good at professionally? What are you good at in a professional yeah. setting? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people give you some really good answers. And then the third question is, my, what, are you, my favorite. what are you not good at in yeah. a professional setting? And it's, it's kind of like, it goes one way or another. Either someone like won't admit that they're not good at anything and yep. that's a red flag. Yeah. Huge or, red flag. Or they admit a bunch of stuff that is necessary for the job that they're not good at and they yeah. disqualify themselves. Yeah. So just that question alone usually weeds out a ton of people yeah. too. That's so. a great point. That third question is so powerful when you ask them that because the, the thing is A players have an understanding of what they're not good at. Mm -hmm. It's like what are you not good at or what do you not like doing professionally? Yeah. It's and, just like the outsourcing thing. Yeah. Like and people are like, uh, no, I'm, I like doing everything, you know, it's like, uh, no, you don't, you're not being com completely honest. So that's, yeah. or you that get the cliche, like, um, I, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm not good at like letting other people, you know, do stuff for me. Like I have to yeah. do everything by myself and I, I have to make sure that everything's perfect. Yeah. And that's just like, you're, you're trying to say that you are a perfectionist, so you're going to do really good work and okay. you're trying to clone, you know, like disguise it as a negative. Yeah. And it's like, we see that. We for understand sure. what you're for doing. Sure. That's one of the classic, like, I remember they taught us that, I think in like high school, I had this, this class about like interviewing and they, it's like, turn any of those questions to a positive. And it's yeah. like, actually, that's really bad advice. Just be honest. What, what's your weakness? It's just that I care so much. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> come on, dude. I put in too much effort and too yeah. much work. A, uh, a lot of times just like they have to kick me out of the office at the end of the day because yeah. I just want to stay all day. Yeah. Okay, okay, bro. Yeah. Great weakness. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, so powerful. But yeah. I, I do love that first question because a lot of people, they'll also say like their career goal is something completely unrelated. Yeah. Or like I've been doing sales for five years. I'm getting, getting kind of sick of it. So I'm, I'm probably going to eventually move to being this type of person. It's like, 
dude, you're 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 applying for a sales. Yeah, job. you're applying for a sales job right now. Yeah. Th- thanks for letting me know. So it's uh it's really powerful. And the book is who. It's, it's who. Yeah, yeah, it's who. Um, and it's all about interviews. So just type in who interviews yeah. book and you'll be able to find it. That we'll book is bomb. It's awesome. Yeah. Save you a lot of time. I think that's it for today, man. I didn't. I don't have anything else I want to go over. I, I feel like we, we covered this topic pretty well. Yeah, I'd be curious if uh, if you guys in the audience would want to actually learn more about outsourcing, how we do it, stuff like that. If yeah. you want us to actually like make a video off the show or something or a course or something like that, we'd be curious what your interest level is in, uh, in outsourcing and this yeah. whole thing. Drop a, drop a comment in the comment section below and let us know or reach out to us on social media and let us know. That would be, be great. And if you outsource, tell us what you outsource. That'd be cool. Yeah, too. are we missing anything? We're probably missing some stuff. Yeah, so if you outsource sure. some cool stuff, let us know. Um, but anyway, guys, let's uh, let's wrap it up there. Um, we haven't done this in a while. If you're not following Alan on uh, on, on Instagram. Hey, Howie. Give me hey, a Howie. Howie. Baby. And yeah. then uh, me, James Weston. But yeah, guys, we will uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. And I hope you have a good rest of the day. Peace. See ya. Peace.